bureaucracy has always been there, and it's dumb, and it's it's out of control. But it yeah. is it is the world we lived in with that. So uh, waiting on Steve Sands. We'll talk to Steve Sands in a couple of minutes. So you're yeah, less than 30 minutes now away from the tip-off uh, to this game. Do you guys just just the last feels? You feel like, does Miami have a it's shot It's over. This? It feels over to me. It really it's feels over. over. It seems over. But I could see Miami weirdly winning this game it. because that's what they do, right? We like, you know, you expect a regression or you expect them just to finally die, and they don't do that. So I, I can see them winning this game. I just outright, don't know how, from a basketball standpoint, unless they shoot 60% from three, that's going to happen. Steve yeah. Sands, Golf Channel, NBC Sports jumps on with us now. And let's, we haven't had a chance to talk to you yet since obviously the big news. I don't know if you saw this. There's some big news in golf last week. Uh, the Live uh, PGA Tour merger, and now you got the government looking at this whole thing. I mean, what are just your thoughts overall on where this is, where we see it now, and, you know, what it would look like a, a year from now? Man, I thought you guys wanted to talk about the Heat getting eight and a half tonight. <laughs> oh, we'll do that. Don't you worry. We got that too. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let the whole world take Denver. Give me the candy. I'll take. I'll take the Heat tonight. Um, you know, look, there's a lot going on in golf, and I think that things are steadying out a little bit. I think the messaging on Tuesday was not proper. Uh, it just wasn't correct, and I think that the PGA Tour has been not backtracking, but has been trying to explain itself the last six days and now congress is involved uh which is what they anticipated uh the pga tour anticipated this uh because when you take uh money from any any foreign nation a sovereign wealth fund from any nation doesn't matter if it's saudi Arabia or anywhere else the u.s government's always going to look into it especially because the pga tour has a tax exempt status so we'll have to wait and see how that all plays out but i would assume that when they were making this deal that they knew that they might have some antitrust uh issues why now? Why did Jay Monahan decide uh, to try to make this deal? Uh, was it just, I mean, because Liv hasn't been doing well, right? We know that the ratings are right. going down. We know that players are having change of hearts. Is it really because Brooks Kepka took the, the world by storm again and you know, we want to have Brooks Kepka get back in, in, in regular non-majors? I have a good friend of mine who always says, the answer to all your questions money. is money. Yeah. And there you have it. It's uh, The PGA Tour knew that it could not stick with the PIF, the, the private investment fund. There's no way in the world they were going to be able to do it. And with that litigation out there, um, it was never going to end. And they were spending millions and millions of dollars trying to defend themselves. And I think that going back to what I said earlier about the messaging, I think people think that it's a merger. It's not. It's a partnership, a joint venture or a partnership, and the PGA Tour has the controlling interest in it. And the funding is mostly going to come from PIF, but the PGA Tour is going to control the funding. So there's so many things that they perhaps didn't get correct on that first day and made everybody kind of go a little bit bonkers as far as what was going to take place and what might happen moving forward. But... The answer to your question specifically is money. The PGA Tour just was just you know beating its head against a wall, trying to you know go head to head against Live Golf because they have endless funds over there, and the PGA Tour is trying to run a business. Steve, obviously excited. We get a major this weekend, the U.S. Open, and it's now I believe the third time in five years that it's in California. But what do you look at this week when you're making your picks or when you're uh, picking your outrights? Just because I mean this is the first time I believe since 1940 that we have a tournament at the uh, Los Angeles Country Club. Well, what's great about LACC is, is that none of them have ever played there. There have been guys who have played, you know, practice rounds or played in college and played with friends or friends who are members, those kinds of things. But as far as championship-level golf, 
this is the first time anybody's going to really see it uh, at this level, and I think that's really cool. And I think it kind of opens the slate up, you know, for all kinds of things to happen. You could see an off-the-board winner here very, very easily, uh, considering that no one has a really home course advantage, if you will. Uh, I think the U.S. Open being in, in the City of Angels or being in any major city is really cool. I think it's great when it goes to Pinehurst and all these other places. But when it's in a major city, and this is in the middle of Los Angeles, right in the heart of the city, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. And I think when you look at who's going to perform well here, you know, you, you've got to look at guys who have a strong short game. Uh, the fairways are pretty generous, so I don't think that driving accuracy is going to be that big of a deal because I think most of the guys uh, should be okay. But iron play, so that second shot and in, I think that's the key when you're looking at your board uh, as to who you want to take. So give us some names then, maybe not even necessarily outright winner, but, you know, guys that could finish top 10, top 20 that will really benefit from this course with the, well, you know, the specifications I think the goal, you were certainly bringing up. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of value in the defending champion, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, I saw he was 30-1 to 1, uh, to win, so his odds of being in the top 10, top 20, I think he's a, he's a tough kid who plays tough courses and tough conditions well. Uh, I think Shane Lowry is a guy, uh, if you're going to go a little bit off the pace, I mean, you could go Scheffler and Rom and all that all you want. In my opinion, you know, going with the chalk, I don't know. It's not, it's not that much fun. But I, I think you will see some value in those two guys. I also think the guy who owns the course record, now he's never not a member there. He doesn't play there a bunch, but he does own the course record there. His name is Max Homa, and Max is from L.A. Yeah. Uh, Max, Max is a SoCal guy, uh, and I think if there is such a thing as a home course advantage this week, Max Homa would have the most. He and Patrick Cantley, who went to UCLA, uh, have the two, probably have the most experience of anybody else in the field. So I would say if you're looking at the top 10, top 20 kind of plays, I think Homa, Cantley, uh, and then a little bit off the pace, I would say Lowry and Fitzpatrick. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously LACC has undergone construction recently too. I don't yep. think that there's been a U.S. Open, I, I read this today, that's been played with Bermuda grass since 2005. And Bermuda yep. in California is also like almost unfathomably rare. Uh, I don't even know how you get Bermuda in California because of the weather conditions. Like how do you think uh, the actual grass will, will influence you know, who you like in this? Man, with all that intel, would you mind joining me in the booth Thursday morning? That would be fantastic. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, get a headset on and join us you know, when we go on the air Thursday morning. Um, you know, I, I think the grass situation, it's a, it's a very good question. I think the guys are used to it. Uh, I think one of the most amazing things about PGA Tour players is they go to different courses, different grasses, different time zones, different conditions, different weather every single week. And I think it's amazing to me how quickly they adjust and they will adjust to the Bermuda grass which is very rare uh, to have it as you said uh, this time of year for this championship um, but the guys have an amazing ability uh, to adjust from one grass to the next I will say Bermuda grass is the grass that you normally see in the Florida events on the PGA Tour and every player will tell you if you're not used to Bermuda grass it's the most difficult grass to get used to. And it's also the most difficult grass when it comes to having a lie in the rough or a lie around the green. And if you're not Bermuda ready, I wouldn't go near any player like that. But those guys I mentioned, they'll be perfectly fine. 
Um, and so will most of the guys. I mean, if you have your game, I've said this to you guys before. There's a saying that Jack Nichols told me years ago. You do not find your game at a major. You bring your game to a major championship. And, and I think there are guys who are playing very, very well uh, right now who will adjust to the Bermuda grass as rare as it is this time of year for this championship. They'll be perfectly fine. Of the of the ten former U.S. Open in the field, who do you who do you like the best? Because there's Fitzpatrick, who you already mentioned. Obviously, Rom, DeChambeau are the last three winners, and then there's a ton of people who are on Brooks Kepka as well at plus eight fifty. Well, now you're talking about Bermuda. You're talking about Florida. Mm-hmm. Brooks Kepka lives in Florida. Went to Florida State. Born and raised in Florida. Uh, loves Bermuda grass. He's a baller. I mean, my gosh, the guy goes to big events and just shows up every time. He didn't win the Masters, and he knows that he gave it away a little bit, but John Rahm is a worthy champion. And then he goes back and comes back in the next major championship and dominates, which is fantastic at the PGA. So I absolutely think Brooks Koepka uh, is one of the U.S. Open champions in the field uh, who should perform very well this week. He's just He's just that kind of guy in these big events. He used to say all the time, that the bigger the event, the easier it is to win because most people are too afraid to get to the finish line or didn't know how to get to the finish line and cross it uh, when they were in that situation. So I think I like his chances a lot more than I like Bryson DeChambeau's uh, chances, and I think that I think that John Rahm will also have a very good week. So if I was going to take a past U.S. Open champion, I would go with the first guy I mentioned, Fitzpatrick, uh, and then also Rahm uh, and also Brooks Koepka. Would you be scared away from Colin this week? You know, I saw he went from 20 to 1. I think he could get a 34 to 1s out there right now. Um, you know, finished fourth in 2021 here with Drew last week. Does the injury, or uh, does that scare you away from him, or how do you think he does this weekend? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because I remember I said it was it's a second shot and a short game golf course. Well, Colin Morikawa over the past four or five years, three, four years, has probably been the best player uh, with an iron in his hand. And this would seemingly be a perfect spot for him. But as you guys know, and you guys are way better at this than me, but if you follow the money and you follow lines, you know, his line's going the wrong way. That means the big boys, you know, the the experts out in the desert are not betting him. So to me, that's a bad sign. But, you know, the injury, he's a tough kid. He'll be fine. It's not that big of a deal. I just don't think his game is that sharp. Going back to Jack's point, I think you don't find your game here. You bring it. And and right now he's still searching just a little bit for his best game. Yeah, I know he hasn't finished better than I believe T twenty eight in the last eight U.S. Opens. But what are your thoughts yeah. on Phil uh, coming up this weekend? Do you think he contends? Do you think maybe like he's worth a look, first round leader or anything like that, or do you just stay away from Phil right now? No chance. Stay away. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go near him. Uh, there's a lot going on with Phil Mickelson. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about to get worse too. There's a book coming out pretty soon. Oh yeah, that that, that book from our guy Billy Walters. Yeah. I, I do not think is going to be that favorable to Phil Mickelson. I, well, again, first of all, he's he's 53 years old, or it'll be 53 this week, and I think he's just not equipped right now uh, to handle this type of situation. He's a top 10 or 11 player in the history of the sport six times a runner-up at the u.s open has never won it it's the only thing he hasn't won as far as the career grand slam but uh, this will not be the week all right got about a minute or so left here what do you think of the end of the canadian open what uh of course the nick taylor putt and then adam hadwin just getting tackled by security i'll tell you what man I i flew home last night and i don't recall sitting on a plane just not smiling 
like a weirdo, but I was just kind of sitting there <laughs> like, like, what did I just see? You know, like there's certain times in sports, certain things that happen in sports on television. It's one thing, but when you're there as sports fans, you know, if you're there, I was working, but as a sports fan, I'm like, that was incredible. And I've been going to that RBC Canadian Open for years, and I don't know if you guys ever spent any time in Canada. They're the nicest people in the world. They love their sports. They're crazed about hockey, clearly, crazed about all kinds of sports, and they love golf just as much as anything else. And that place was jumping. And Nick Taylor came up big, real big. Now, Tommy left the door open for him a couple of times there, had a chance to win it with an 11-footer on the second playoff hole, but all credit to Nick Taylor. And I thought, to me, it's not a major and it's not the players. So you've got the players with Scotty Scheffler, the Masters with John Rombrooks, Kepka at the PGA Championship. Those are the three biggest events uh, in golf in 2023. Mm -hmm. But you can't tell me there's been a better moment in golf than what we saw yesterday. That was absolutely insane. And by the way, the ribs on Adam Hadwin are okay. You know? yeah. I mean, just brutal. Oh, All my right. gosh. Great to talk to Steve Sands. Always good Thanks, to hear Steve. from you. It's Bet MGM Tonight.